Hello and welcome to the New York Farm Bureau's Weekly News Bite, bringing you the latest news from the New York State agriculture world. Welcome to New York Farm Bureau's News Bites. I'm Steve Ammerman, Director of Communications for New York Farm Bureau. We just wrapped up our Future Up Agriculture Summit. It was a wide-ranging look at the challenges and opportunities confronting agriculture in the state. We brought together a diverse group of commodities in Syracuse for the summit. We also included state and county Farm Bureau leaders, members of New York Farm Bureau's Commodity and Issues Committees, our Ag Alliance members, agribusinesses, and policymakers. In all, more than 120 people filled the hotel banquet room to discuss four major topics, affordability and access to labor, climate change, urban outreach, and applied research and education. There were expert panel presentations for each of these topics, followed by roundtable discussions, giving participants the chance to talk about what they heard and brainstorm solutions. Today on News Bites, we will explore a couple of those areas. Applied research, especially as it relates to a changing climate that's impacting our farms, as well as the need for greater agricultural education in New York. We're going to kick things off with Julie Suarez. She's the Associate Dean of Land-Grant Affairs at Cornell's College of Agriculture and Life Sciences, which is our state's land-grant university. We started the conversation with her asking about why applied research is so important to local agriculture as we confront climate change. I think overall the main message that I'm trying to convey is just how important local farms are in New York State and in the Northeast. Because the science can show us projections and they can show us real data. But the reality is farmers are really on the front lines of the climate debate. And particularly in New York, we have two main opportunities. One is to hopefully get paid for ways we can mitigate greenhouse gases and sequester carbon in soils. Two, we have the opportunity to really sustainably intensify our croplands so that we can feed more people. And that kind of seems a little bit contrary to what most farmers are thinking about and dealing with right now in the current economic climate. But as we look at the science, as we look at water availability, as we look at the climate change projections for how our lands are heating up, we know that in New York and in the Northeast, we're going to have increased growing degree days. We're going to see a lot of challenges from climate, you know, increased pest pressure, early season warm-ups, late season frost. So there's going to be challenges, but most importantly, we're going to have water. And so if we think about farming in the future, That water advantage is going to be key to all of New York and Northeast agriculture. And I'm really hopeful through conversations like this that you're having at Farm Bureau, that you can take those into the policymakers of the future so that we can talk about the types of investments New York farms and Northeast agriculture needs. Because if there was ever a time when we need to be thinking about as a society is how important our farms are in New York, this is that time. Not only do we need to develop scientific certainty, verifiable and permanent ways to sequester carbon and to mitigate greenhouse gas emissions, we need to make sure that those innovations are based in the real world that farmers are living in and trying to grow their crops. And so that's one of the fundamental missions of Cornell Cows right now is to try to help develop the innovative new tools, technologies that will help farmers adapt to climate change, new plant varieties, as well as mitigate greenhouse gas impacts, methane, nitrous oxide, and importantly, develop those climate forward solutions that will help farmers use naturally based techniques to store and sequester carbon in soils. One of the advantages to having a land grant system in this nation at Cornell is that we're designed to hopefully take some of the risks out of the coming transition. And so I can't thank New York Farm Bureau enough. I can't thank our senators and assembly members, Senate Ag Committee Chair Hinchy, Assemblywoman Donna Lopardo, 
the governor and New York State Ag and Markets for maintaining that partnership. And this year we had a little bit of a capital bump where we're going to be able to take our research farms and operations, our dairy operations, and make some of these, what I'm going to say is maybe sort of risky investments before farmers in New York State actually apply these on their fields. And so one of the key missions that we have is to try to test those climate innovations now so that if there is a decrease in yield, if there is a decrease in the milk production per cow from something that you know, we dreamed up in a lab, the farmer is not going to take that risk. Applied research, including what is happening at Cornell, will be important to addressing many of the environmental and economic challenges facing New York agriculture. But what also will be important for our state's university system is helping to develop a skilled workforce to fill important jobs on farms and in agribusinesses. Earlier in the day, Julie talked about how students interested in ag are changing, giving farmers in the room some important words to think about. You know, we have an awful lot of students who are coming in to study what we refer to as our big five ag majors. So I'm thinking about animal sciences, particularly dairy sciences, plant sciences, ag sciences, ag economics, and entomology. So we think about those five majors. And you might think that over the past decade or so, we've seen a decrease in the student body. And that's actually not the case at all. If you look at the amount of students we're admitting in kind of the big five majors at CALS, the student interest has started to skyrocket. It's really been phenomenal where we now have, and I'm going to mix this up slightly. So we have, I think, 30 incoming ag sciences student majors. It's really fabulous. But what we're seeing is a big shift in where these students are coming from. It's really important that in this room, we all know about this because in the workforce panel, we talked about where are we going to get the people of the future, right? So our demographics today in our big five ag majors are more than 60% women, students coming in. We see about 44% what we'd refer to as underrepresented minority students. So people of color primarily coming into our college, again, in the big five ag majors. And we see a tremendous, and I don't have a percentage for you on this, I'm sorry, but the percentage has really shifted where we're seeing a tremendous amount of students coming to us from urban places, from suburban places, and not just from having grown up on a family farm. And why does that matter? So here's my plea. <laughs> it matters because when the students come to us and we can educate them, we're concerned that as a college, we're not doing a better job of making sure that these students stay in New York and are embedded in the farm community and take the jobs, take on the farming and the agribusiness positions in the future. And we're not going to be able to keep them here if we don't have a little bit of help from our industry partners. And so my, my plea is that perhaps an outcome of this wonderful discussion we're having is to figure out a way to do more internships for students who come into our college, who come into Cobleskilled, who come into Morrisville, doesn't need to be a cow specific thing, who come into our colleges without having farm or rural backgrounds or ad business backgrounds. Because we don't do a better job of welcoming and, and figuring out how they can get that experiential learning and that internships, they're not going to stay in New York or they're not possibly going to pick an agricultural career field. So my plea is that now that you know how our student body is changing and what we take some optimism and looking at how much an interest there is in agriculture from society at large, let's all try to think constructively about how do we develop those internship programs and they're going to need to be paid and they're going to need to have a lot of patience because frequently you'd be working with a student who's never driven a tractor before or may or may not have been in a bar. 
So I recognize that this ask is a really significant one to make, and you need to think about it in the context of your own farm operation. But it would be really wonderful if we can have some follow-up conversations about how to get more of our students, more of Cobalt Skill students, more of Morrisville students actually working on your farms and ag businesses in the summer. But it isn't just the college students we need to think about. The summit addressed the big picture of ag education going all the way to our elementary school students. Julie Suarez was joined by Tara Beresik-Burke, the president of the New York State Association of Agricultural Educators and an ag teacher at Tri-Valley Central School in Sullivan County. Tara said one of the challenges facing ag education is the need for more ag teachers. She spoke about that during her panel discussion. The first challenge that we identified was the limited scope. Approximately 250 schools in the state of New York currently have agricultural education programs, and that's about 51% of rural schools and about 10% of urban schools. It, it is increasing, and that's been great. We went from 6% to 10% in our urban settings, but that's a major impact. When you think about we're only reaching 10% of our schools, and the, most of those schools are in your middle school and your high school level. One of the things that we're looking at is trying to reach down going into elementary school-based programs. We also have state funding, tremendous state funding in order to increase our programs. And we have an urban agricultural education specialist who's now specifically working down in the five boroughs for New York City in order to increase programs that are there. COVID, we've heard it repeatedly, has been a major impact on education. Kids, one, didn't come to school, but two, it limited the amount of times that we could actually meet with people like farmers or going out to farm tours or doing things like field trips. That's a negative impact on an agriculture program that's based on hands-on education. And that thankfully is starting to come back. I appreciate the people in my area who learned how to use computers and learned how to do Zooms and did farm tours because for a lot of those older farmers, that was a huge, huge learning curve. But it also allowed my students to have different correspondence with people. Transportation is a major impact in rural agriculture. I have phenomenal students who would love to go and work on farms, ninth graders and 10th graders. If their parents can't drive them, they can't get there. And that's a major problem. You're looking at a need for people to work. Well, we have the people who want to work. It's just they can't necessarily get to those locations. So if we can figure out ways to mingle transportation or have that there, that's helpful. And the other thing that we're looking at in agricultural education, and it goes with that 6.4 that I said, is the need for teachers. On a national level, there were 996 open ag positions as of 2021. That may not seem like a lot of positions, but a lot of times when you have an open agricultural education position, they close that position or in that school. They're not mandated positions. So if you have an opening for more than a year, a lot of times they'll just do away with the program. New York is doing a very good job in trying to recruit new teachers to come in. We actually have three master's programs, Cornell Ithaca, Oswego and now Empire State College. And those are wonderful. They've made COVID um, certification programs that can happen. There's some transformational certification programs. So if you're in industry and want to come to education, those are also happening. But we need people interested in the profession so that we can continue to get people interested in agriculture. And that goes across the state. Well, we continued our conversation with Tara after the panel. We wanted to further explore the growing interest young people have about agriculture and what will engage the students to want to learn more and perhaps pursue a career in farming. Here's that part of the conversation. We've been blessed from the government to be funded. Our, we have a group called Agricultural Education Outreach, and they do a lot of our recruitment and retention. Part of it's the need to educate people about where their food and fiber is coming from. But the fact that there's funding out there to start programs is a big thing. 
when we start looking at programs in the state, it's a need to have science-based education. It's a need to have students have career success and jobs. And it's also leadership. We really promote leadership and want kids to have that hands-on education. And all of that is included in an agricultural education program. We may not be able to get kids directly into jobs, but we can get them the hands-on experiences to find future educations or find internships so that they can then get those jobs in the future. And some of our students go on to college, some don't, some go into military service because they see the importance of leadership and service. But we really promote that idea of being a community supporter, whether it's part of your career or if it's part of something else. COVID definitely changed what kids wanted. To begin with, kids, they wanted leadership experiences. They wanted to be able to travel and they wanted to be able to see new things. And COVID stopped a lot of those things. So being stuck behind a computer screen I think made some students really appreciate learning and having that hands-on learning experience. My students at Tri-Valley couldn't wait to get back in the classroom and have normalcy. And I think that that's been a major contributing factor for some of the growth that we're seeing in programs and some of the interest from students. Kids want to know what's going to happen in their lives. And unfortunately, COVID, that was one of the first things COVID eliminated for them. But now what we're looking at is kids also have discovered some have discovered that they like being outside. They were trapped inside because of restrictions. And now they might hike or explore nature or work on a farm. Some of my students who I really and truly thought would go on in like computer science have started working on local farms or with the DEP. And that was so that they could get out of their house. They, they were going stir crazy. What I've also seen with kids is that now they're begging for leadership opportunities. They really want to be servant leaders. They want to support other people. They want to spend time with other people. That being stuck behind a computer screen made it so that they appreciate people more. And that's a wonderful thing to see because it wasn't the case, you know, being in your phone like this all the time kind of limits your interaction with people. Where I live, I'm in Sullivan County and Ulster County has a lot of agritourism. So I'm thinking of a farm called Kelder's Farm and they have like a jumpy house, but they also do pick your own apples and pick your own strawberries and vegetables. Anytime that a farm can welcome people to their location, they help to create appreciation and understanding. There's so much mixed message on social media that when you can get anybody, doesn't matter what age group, out to that location and actually see what's being done, you help to develop an understanding. Agricultural education helps with that. 4-H helps with that. But developing that appreciation creates a civic-minded person. If we can create people who appreciate agriculture, we can dispel a lot of the myths that are out there. With farmers, I live next to a beef farm in Sullivan County. And the beef farm that I live on welcomes people to their farm. They do tours of the farm. They've done video segments on it. They actually do cooking with the beef, which is pretty cool. So those kind of things get people excited and also support local purchasing. The more local purchasing you can have, the more likely you are to keep some of these farm operations alive. The other thing is educate people. Come to farmer's markets, have booths at farmer's markets. A lot of times your farmer's markets are pulling in city people and they're pulling in people from urban areas who see fresh and healthier foods, whether they are or not is, you know, up for grabs. But if you can educate these people about your lifestyle, that also helps that appreciation. I did not grow up on a farm. I am definitely a convert, but it's an important thing for me to understand and for me to teach my students because I want them to leave my program either going on in a career, which is wonderful, but I also want them to be better people and understanding, you know, where they're coming from and, and why they need to support other people is important in that respect. A big thanks to Tara and Julie for their insights. Well, next week, we will continue the discussion around the future of Ag Summit. And it isn't just about finding a future workforce, but also retaining those we already have in New York. Thanks for listening today. 
And remember to always thank a farmer for all that they do.